Jesus, we, we praise you. We thank you for calling us, Lord, when we were at the ends of the earth, when we were without hope, when we were without God, we were far from you, Lord God, um, dead in our sins, following the ways of this world, uh, entangled by uh, the spirit of this age. Lord, we thank you for calling out to us and rescuing us, calling us out of the world, Lord God, as we were to wash us, to justify us, to sanctify us by your loving sacrifice, Jesus, for making us new, for giving us new life in you, making us alive, Lord God, when we were dead. We praise you. We thank you for that. We ask that you continue that work uh, in this community. We ask that you would continue to uh, bring us out of darkness and those dead areas in our lives as we come to you together and listen to your word. Amen. All right, go ahead and take a seat. What do you do when you are confused? What do you do when you're confused? As I thought about that question, I thought of a couple circumstances, situations this week. Somebody came to me with a call. They asked me about being vaccinated. They, uh, their workplace is mandating that they be vaccinated, and this person is, is facing a crisis. They, do, they don't like to be forced to be mandated to be vaccinated. They don't like that, and they're unsure about how to process the whole thing. There's confusion, right? There's, there's plenty of confusion in this world. Domingo and I, uh, we go to uh, Broadway Plaza about once a week, and we try to strike up spiritual conversations with people who are then there is confusion, right? We, we saw, um, I went to, we separated at one point, and I, was, I saw this woman, young woman sitting. I asked her if she had some time for a few quick questions about spirituality, and she was up for it. She was game. You know, it's probably about a uh, 30% say yes. The rest are like, no, too busy, but you get used to the no's. Uh, we exchanged names. I told her, I'm Wayne, and, you know, and asked her questions. And I noticed a pin on her hat uh, that said, uh, he, they. And I had this moment of, okay, kind of confusion, but then also I understand that. So I'm, I quickly focus on speaking to her by her name, calling her by her name. And at the end of asking these questions, good conversation, um, really neat person, uh, we asked if we could pray for her. And we, J Domingo had joined me at that point. And as we prayed, without thinking about it, throughout the whole prayer, I was speaking to the Lord about her and she. And when I finished, I saw the pin on her hat again. And I, so I told her, I, I noticed your pin. I wanted her to know that I saw it and, and I didn't want her to feel disrespected. And she pointed to it and she smiled. Uh, and we didn't get into that larger conversation, but I was able to you know, just thank her. Thank you for this time. It was great to meet you. Called her by name and then we went our way. But it left me wondering how do I interact with confusing situations? How do we as Christians interact with confusing situations? And they're in our culture, our surrounding culture moves in ways that are and sometimes contrary to what we understand, uh, contrary to uh, the way you know, it seems to be 
uh, laid out in the Bible. What do we do in those difficult circumstances? Even talking about it is I'm a little bit nervous, right? Because there's pressure in our surrounding culture to conform to whatever it is. This issue, multiple issues, to conform. And in some circumstances, you're not even allowed to question or disagree. That conversation gets sidelined. You can be accused of many different things. There's pressure to conform. In some places, you can get in trouble for holding a different viewpoint. It's confusing. Now, our job as Christ followers, this is a big relief. Don't forget this. This is a, this is a great thing to hear and learn. It's 1 Corinthians 5, the end of that chapter. Our job is not to judge the world, our surrounding culture. It's not to judge the world. God will judge the world. And by saying the world, what I mean is humanity that is disconnected from, not in relation from, with God. Jesus makes a clear distinction between those who are in him and those who are in the world. All right? We need to have that as well because sometimes it gets confusing. Sometimes the world's ethics try to infiltrate the church and impact and confuse the church. What do we do in that? How do we respond? Because we're in the world. We live in this world. Right? How do we live in this world but not become of this world? How do we not follow the ways of the world? And where are those distinctions? Sometimes the world and its, our cultural values line up with Jesus and his cultural values. Sometimes they're different. What do we do when they're different? How do we respond, brothers and sisters, with grace and truth? Because that's how Jesus did it. He walked through every sticky, tricky conversation, interaction, perfectly with grace and with truth. That together equals love, the love of God. If I interact with you or anybody with just grace, with just kindness and not truth, that's not love. And if I interact with you with just truth and no grace and kindness, that's not love. Jesus wants to teach us how to love like he loves, with grace and truth. So, we're going to, not next week, but the week after, begin a new message series called Clarity, uh, because there's certain things that we need clarity about, you know? Confusion comes, we want clarity, where do we go for truth? What is truth? What is truth? So, if there's any questions, issues you'd like us to address in that next message series, please go to opentablechurch.com slash ask. You can do it anonymously or you can put your name on it. Just throw in your uh, ideas, suggestions of things we should talk about. All right. When confusion comes and you need clarity, where do we go for truth? And the bigger question is, what is truth? What is truth? Because our surrounding culture is questioning what is truth. All right, for $5, if you are 17 years old or younger, no, no helps, no Google, no anything. I'm going to make this a little interesting. $5 on the table here. Who in the Bible said those memorable words? 17 or younger only. What is truth? Sophia, don't tell her, Alex. Okay, Sophia, who said that? 
What's the safe answer? Okay, but I like she was eager. She, she, she wants that five bucks. All right, who else? Come on, Matthew. No, but that's a good guess because he, you know, blurted out a lot of things. What is truth? Come on now. All right, it's coming off. It's coming off the table. There'll be another opportunity later. One more. Pilate, Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate. Let's look at the scene. Let's look at that interaction, John 18, 13. Okay, this was, um, let me set the context for you. Because he claimed to be the Messiah, the Son of God. And they've rejected him as such. They want him dealt with. They're, they don't have the authority to do that themselves. They're under the Roman powers, the Roman authorities. So they hand him over to Pilate. Pilate is now interrogating him, asking him what's going on. John 18.33, Pilate then went back inside the palace to where Jesus was, summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Are you the king of Jews? They're saying that you claim to be the king. And that's a problem for Pontius Pilate. Why? Because he's the Roman authority under a different king. And are you the king of the Jews? Pilate asks Jesus. Jesus masterfully turns it around on Pilate, asks him a question. Is that your idea? Or is that what others told you about me? What's Jesus asking Pilate there? What's his question? It's the question. Who do you say I am? In other words, what do you believe, Pilate? Don't listen to them. Look at me. What do you say? That's what matters, what you believe about Jesus. Pilate says, probably skeptically, dismissively, am I a Jew? You know, Pilate's Roman. They're in control. They're arrogant. I don't have time for this, Jesus. Am I a Jew? Do I know? Let's just move along. Pilate continues, speaking to Jesus, your own people, your very own people, king of the Jews, your people, and chief priests handed you over to me, so what is it you have done? Jesus said, my kingdom, yes, I am a king, yes, I have a kingdom, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders, but now, at this stage of history, but now my kingdom is from another place. Speaking of the kingdom of heaven, Pilate responds, you're a king then. Okay, $5 question. Uh, we'll start with 17 younger, then we may go up. I'm going to up the ante a little bit here. 10 bucks. This is my lunch money, man. All right. Pilate recognizes only one king. What is the name of that king at that time? Just take a guess. It's okay. What, what's, what harm is it? 17 or younger. Caesar Gus is so close. He was the prior Caesar, the prior king. He's the one after. Don't look it up on Google. Come on, man. 
Tiberius. I heard Tiberius. Who was that? Oh, you're not 17 and younger, but congratulations. You won $10. All right, we'll, we'll keep it up here if you want it. Tiberius Caesar Augustus. All right. We'll try again sometime. Okay. That I am a king. In other words, you've said so. You've said so. See how Jesus really is trying to help Pilate engage this question. Who am I? You've said so. It came out of your mouth. You say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born, Jesus says, and came into the world is to testify to the truth, to reveal truth, to reveal what really is, to help you see, to open the eyes of the blind, those who are in darkness, to lead them out into the light. Everyone on the side of truth, listen, Everyone who wants truth, everyone who is truly seeking truth wherever it leads, listens to me, Jesus says. If you're really seeking truth, you really want to know what's real, it'll lead you to Jesus. You'll begin to hear the voice of Jesus. Now, Pilate's standing there listening and he said to Jesus, skeptically, maybe with a slight eye roll, what is truth? What is truth? Shortly after that, Pilate is then handed, then handed Jesus over to be crucified. Not because he believed Jesus was truly guilty of any crime, not because of truth or justice or morality, but because it was the easy way out for Pilate. It was in his own best interest. Pilate was not interested in what was true. That's 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, what is truth? Same today. We're in that culture today. What is truth? My truth, your truth, their truth, our truth. That's what we hear more and more today. There's this persistent push to make authoritative, personal, subjective truth. What you feel and think. Your vantage point. Subjectivity is starting to rule the day. And increasingly, if you talk about objective truth, a truth that applies to all people at all times that's outside of your personal subjective truth, if you talk about that, it's considered a power play. Oh, you're trying to impose this truth on me. What is truth? What is truth? The surrounding culture is moving from objective truth and the pursuit of that, what is real, that's a fill-in for you, what is objective truth? This is existing, independent of, or external to your mind, my mind. It's actual or real. It is objective reality based on observable phenomena. I believe this is true because X, Y, Z, and it can be verified. You can test it. We can disagree about it and debate about it and sort it out together. We're moving more and more from that to subjective experience. This is postmodernism. This, uh, this is just infiltrating our culture, uh, our schools, um, yeah, our media. Notice how media has become polarized. My truth versus your truth. I'm going to take the data and spin it my own way to propagate 
to propagandize my own view, my own way. It's happening more and more. Subjective experience, that's where we're moving here, culture, our surrounding culture, is dependent on or taking place in a person's mind rather than in the external word, world. It's based on a given person's experience, understanding, and feelings. It's personal or individual. This phrase, maybe you've noticed it, it's, it's picked up. Uh, I feel. People say, I feel a lot. I feel, I feel, I feel. We used to say, I think. Now it's mostly, I feel. Um, or let me tell you my story. And if I say, yeah, but, you, then you feel offended because it's my story. It's what happened to me. When somebody shares a personal experience, and it's good to hear and listen to each other. We want to know what's going on in each other's worlds. We want to know what one another feels. If that's question, if there's, if there, you know, how do you bounce that against objective reality? Is that verifiable? Sometimes I'll do a little, some marriage counseling. So-and-so feels this way, so-and-so feels this way, and they're having trouble seeing what's real. And you go to a marriage counselor, it's really helpful because somebody outside can watch the interaction and tell you, this is what I see, and help people sort out the confusion. The result of moving from objective truth to subjective truth is confusion. Confusion. Lots of confusion. Lots of smoke. And on top of it, there's another even more hidden source of confusion. Some people deny its existence, but Jesus didn't. There's another problem. John 8.44. This is Jesus talking. He says about the devil, this demon, this high-ranking, powerful demon, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies, the source of lies. There's a, there's a lie propagator going on. But truth is resilient. You can't put truth down. Reality has a way of bouncing back. You can try to hide it. You can spin words to change it, try to change it, but it remains. It's solid. It's real. Now, what caused this world to be as broken and confused as it is today? Lost and in need of a Savior. Lost and in darkness. What caused it? Genesis 3.13, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. I ate from this source of wisdom outside of God and His truth. Deception, lies, rejecting truth, subjectivity as supreme, all blowing smoke, all confusing. So back to the question today, what is truth? When you're confused, you need clarity. Where do you go from tr for truth? Is there a source? What do we do? What do we do? What are our resources? And I'm speaking to you, brothers and sisters, those of us who are in Christ. What are our resources? When Pilate said those words, what is truth? Who was standing before him? Truth. Embodied. John 1.14. Who is Jesus? Well, he's the eternal word of God. 
who became flesh and made his dwelling among us. John says, we have seen him, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. John 14, 16, Jesus himself said this, I am the way. You want to get back to God? You want to come into a relationship with God? I am the way, the truth. I'm the truth. What a statement. I am the truth and the life. If you want the way, if you want life, come to me. I am the truth, Jesus says. So, number one resources, resource that you have, that I have. Fill in number one, Jesus. Jesus is truth embodied. You're confused. You don't know how to respond to a situation. You don't know what's true or not. You don't know the best way forward. Or you know what's true, but not how to do it in grace. Go to Jesus, truth embodied who came full of grace and truth. Go to his words. What did he say? Talk to him. Pray to him. Engage him. Ask him. Number one, resource, Jesus. All right. But I can't go up to him. I can go, I can go up to Arthur. Although Christ is in him, but that's another. Okay. So how is Christ leading you and me in truth today? By what means? Yeah, we got, oh, that, you're skipping ahead. Father, Son, but ow. Holy Spirit, John 16, 13. Jesus praying for his disciples in that upper room before he was arrested and tried and crucified. He said, when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, the Spirit that he's going to send, he will guide you, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit will, will guide you into all truth. Call on him. Ask for wisdom. Jesus cleansed you from your sins so that you could be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's role is to guide you in truth, to help you through the confusion, to help you gain clarity. That's the second one. The Holy Spirit guides you in truth. You want truth. You want clarity. Go to Jesus. Call on the Holy Spirit. Other resources. Again, the night of the Last Supper, before he goes to the cross, Jesus is with his followers. He spent time praying for them and teaching them his word. John 17, 14 says, Jesus said, I have given, just as Jesus praying to the Father for his disciples, including you and me. I have given them your word, and the world, listen, the world, remember, those who are disconnected from God, has hated them, for they are not of the world anymore that I am of the world. My prayer, Father, is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one, from the liar, the deceiver, the confuser. They, my disciples, are not of the world. You're not of the world anymore, brothers and sisters in Christ. We don't belong to the world. We're not judged by the world. And we don't judge the world. We leave that to Jesus. We look to him. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. And then he prays, sanctify them. Help them be set apart to you, God. Set them apart to you. By the truth. There is truth. 
He wants to sanctify you with it and by it. Your word is truth. Your word is truth. The word of God, saying the word of God is true. So where do we go? Number three, the word of God is true. And listen, when you go to the word of God, it's not like another book where you sit in judgment upon it and pick and choose what you like or don't like. You can read any other text like that. But if this is true, God's word, then you need to come under it to understand it. We are called to submit our lives to what's true, to God's word. It is authoritative in our life. Is there truth? Yes, there's truth. And it has the highest place in authority. Not my personal preferences, not my feelings in that situation. God's word, what does he say? Not what's going to make it easy or smooth for me, but God's word. And you know what? Sometimes the world will hate you for it. Because the world is not submitted to God's truth. It's tough. It's a tough road. We're not of the world anymore. We are of Christ. Sometimes it can still, with, with these resources, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God's Word, it can still be tricky sometimes, sorting it out. Sorting it out. There's a fourth resource for us. What is it? It's mature Christians. Mature Christians can help you and me find the truth, discern the truth, get clarity. I had to lean on my brothers and sisters this week. Tricky situation comes up. I was confused. I didn't know how to respond. And I knew I was not responding really well. I knew I wasn't hitting the grace truth target. I was hitting truth pretty well, but maybe a little soft on grace, a little low on grace. So I, I ran it by um, a couple people who I know will not just tell me what I want to hear. Yeah, Wayne, whatever. Yeah, go for it. But will challenge me if they feel like the Lord is leading them in that particular way with their maturity, their word, and so forth. So they gave me some feedback. They said, Wayne, it sounds like high truth, low grace. And they were right. And I was annoyed, you know, because we all like to be right. Maybe just me, I don't know. So I sat on that. I, I digested it. I was like, yeah, okay. And it helped. We need each other. We have blind spots. It's confusing sometimes. There's a reason Jesus the head of this body, by his spirit, leads us into a body so that we can learn together. We can stumble through together. We can help each other out. That's where we need each other. So let's pray. I want to ask you to stand. We're going to pray. I want to just um, see where the Lord leads this, but give you an opportunity to bring whatever you're feeling some confusion about and bring it to the Lord. And we're going to spend some time just receiving and opening ourselves up to his truth. Sometimes he just drops something in you and me. So let's open ourselves up to that. Lord, we thank you, God, light of the world for coming, shining in the darkness, calling us out of darkness to your kingdom, to truth, to what's real, 
Lord, we ask that you continue to open our eyes where we're blind. Holy Spirit, we bring this thing that is confusing for us. We don't know what to do. Lord, we ask for your clarity. Speak to us now, Holy Spirit. Give us ears to hear your voice, Jesus. Come, Lord God. For those here who are confused about how to respond to a, a personal relationship situation, Lord, we ask for clarity. Give them your word, living God. The person is wondering about what to do regarding work, Lord Jesus. Show them your next step, Lord Jesus. Help them hear what you're saying to them, Lord. Lord, for that person who's hurt, who's been responding out of that hurt. Lord, we lift them up to you. We ask for your, your grace, your comfort, Lord Jesus. Bless them. Blow your wind, your healing spirit on their heart, Lord God. Help them, Lord, to see what you're saying, to take your hand and to walk that out with you, Lord Jesus. In that moment of confusion, when it hits us this week, Lord God, how to parent your child, how to react to your boss, your, your spouse, Lord God, we ask in that moment, Lord Jesus, that you would hold us, that you would restrain us from just reacting, Lord, that we would seek you and find you and respond with grace and truth. Show us that narrow path that will lead ourselves and others into life, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. <laughs>